You sound better. I'm a little better. You sound more like, you know, you. Less like Gozer. <laughs> Are you a god? That actually sounded very, that was very good Thank actually you. right Thank there. That was uh, verisimilitude. Did you see, uh, 100% off topic, but did you see, I sent you a link to like a YouTube video. Oh, I didn't look. I didn't, I saw you. Okay. Link. I didn't look at it yet. Should I look at it now? So there's apparently, if you want, yeah, sure, sure. It's, um, just to set it up, it's a sort of storyboard version of an earlier take of the death of Ultra Magnus from the 1986 Transformers movie. There are a few bits, like you can find some storyboards and stuff, but there's not really any, there's only like a couple shots of like filmed footage that wasn't used. All right, all right. Well, okay, well, it's 30 seconds, so let me just watch it and then I'll, I'll <laughs> check back in with you. Okay. We'll edit this. There are the sweeps. There's the shooting. And he falls. Ah! Die! Die! Unicron, my master. With this, I shall make you my slave. <laughs> um, so in the movie, they in the what was, it was in the theaters. What did I miss? What? Well, okay. In, unless I sent you the wrong. Oh, oh. Did I? What, what did I send you? A Transformers animated movie Ultra Magnus original storyboarded death deleted scene. Yeah, what that was, thing. What was different about that? Okay, in the in the movie, right? In the in the one you saw in the theater, he gets shot by the sweeps, and then he just kind of like goes, and then he just kind of explodes right. into pieces. Yeah. But in the deleted scene, the like those little beams they fire are not lasers; they're like ropes, oh. and they quarter him. Oh, he's like they being quartered. Him. They, yes, they quarter him. Oh, I and see that now. It wasn't. It, it was not clear to me when I was watching yeah. it there. Yeah, and so, the, so that makes a lot more sense with the audio actually. It does. Like, I never you know. quite understood that. Yeah, and that's so goddamn brutal. I was like, oh, they also, just shot him with like some sort of like torture beam, and now he's going to explode. Yeah. But no, they yeah. quartered his ass. They quartered him. And also, why the fuck? If he could come back from that, why the fuck couldn't Optimus Prime come back from just being shot it a couple a, times? It is a great, great it's hole horrible, in the uh, Transformers like, mythos. Uh, narrative reasons. Be because. <laughs> because. Um, and there's a sequence that was storyboarded um, that I saw, like some people just, you know. Um, put it in a made a fake crappy animatic with it is that when optimus does his really awesome thing where he plows through everyone with the truck jumps in the air and starts firing at them off camera right. and then in the in the film version then there's an immediate shot of megatron noticing prime there right kind of thing in in an earlier version of the script which they apparently cut to to keep things a little streamlined and on that fight you then had ultra magnus and sideswipe and red alert and some other people um to go after uh, Devastator and fire a bunch of rockets and collapse him so right. that Devastator just falls apart. Like the, the construction clearly don't die there in the rest of the movie. But so they they then have a little fight and like, sideswipe or Red Alert gets murdered or something. But Megatron is watching that happen. Yeah. And when he turns back from that scene of carnage, that's when Optimus is caught up with him. Okay. So that that was there was that, that's like this one other little piece. And then I guess in the script that I showed you, uh, in, at some point in that Optimus Prime like. Uh, someone comes to get him. He clotheslines the bastard and then crunches his head on the ground. Right. So <laughs> murders him. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard to imagine that there could have been more murder. Oh god! And this they is had. Uh, well, and then the two guys fusing in the opening right thing. Uh, oh, brutal boy. Yeah. So you know what um, it tells me though that the folks who were making they this movie they toned it down. Well, what it, but what it tells me is the folks who were making the movie. 
Nelson Shin and Company, I guess, uh, <laughs> yes. were, uh, were were interested in making like a cool movie. Like they I, hate I, children. I think that's the takeaway. Well, they hate maybe, children. but I think they were they felt like we've got carte blanche here because we've you know mm. it's this big rich franchise and we know what rules we have. We have to we have to wipe out the first generation of characters to make room for the next line of action figures. Um, yeah. And so that's that's what we have to do. And what we do with the rest of it is more or less up to us so they can make prime to a Christ figure and they can have drawing and quartering and, and curse words and all sorts of stuff. You and know, they could, and Galvatron can just turn Starscream into ash. Why not? And then like step on his. Well, I guess he didn't walk through his body. He just steps on the crown. Right. When the crown falls well, down to his chest. Comedy. Although they do burn a lot of them in acid and you hear them. In, in Unicron, they burn them in acid, and then you hear them, like, scream. Yeah, right? yeah. And then just turn to... That's horrifying, because there's one where the guy, like, struggles, and then ceases struggling, and then turns red hot. Yeah. Because he gets, like, melted. Yeah. Which, you, you do wonder about the practicality of that. So he, like, consumes them, and then there's this whole... Like, people go on about the Death Star and on the mechanics of the Death Star. Yeah. But Unicron just, like, ingests them, and then there's this whole fleet of sub-robots inside him that, like, truss you up in this little... You know, this little, I don't know, not even like in a rope thing and like a, a sort of conveyor belt to drop you into acid. Yeah. It seems remarkably inefficient, for one thing. And, and Yeah, no, exactly. And then there have to be some reclamation of the, the molten metal in some capacity. Like, does that get flushed every while and there's drained? Or like, how, I, just, I mean, crazy. yeah, I mean, there's water flowing through Unicron. <laughs> there's water flowing. I don't know why there is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it needs to needs coolant, right? And, uh, and, and, then, and then the fights are resolved. By newly minted uh, Autobot leaders, sort of, kind of wrestling very quickly with Galvatron, and then just throwing him through the wall of Unicron right out into space, right. and then, and then, even though Galvatron had been earlier shown to direct himself with his own gun, like as if it was a thruster jet, yeah. he was apparently powerless and just was flailing in space. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was mostly the humiliation, I think. He was just embarrassed <laughs> at that point. Like, <laughs> it's like I could correct this, but why bother? <laughs> So uh, this is um, <laughs> this is the last will and testament of Paul Fidelga. Um Thirty-eight this is, is the episode, new cremated. Uh, this is thing cremated. <laughs> so this is thing twenty-three, right? Yeah. No. Uh, this one, yes. Uh, yeah. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, because twenty-one was Kiki. Twenty-two was yes. you being a dead man, and then twenty-three is now twenty-four. Hopefully, right. will be uh, uh, Leo Laporte. Which will be good. Hopefully. It, it be better good. be. It better be. We, we it's all just pack it up. I should, I should just return <laughs> the Yeti. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> back, to the, back to the Himalayas with you, you bastards. Yeah. Um, as I, I mean, I assume that's where the plant is. Speaking of um, uh, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek stuff, uh, mm. I've been trying to get my son interested in watching the movie with me. Star Wars. Which one? Star Wars, like the new movie. No, no, the original just Star Wars. Um, he's original. he's just turned six. He is uh, infatuated with uh, the story because I've like told him the story of Star Wars as best I could mm -hmm. remember it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, he dressed as Darth Vader for Halloween, but he's a. I saw that. Ha so, let me ask you yeah. though to interrupt your your, your interjection uh -huh, there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I mean, Vader in the narrative has killed more people than Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you're sun dressed up like him. Oh yeah. And that's all cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm totally cool with okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um, fine. Chapel, let's go. Yeah, on. moving Continue. on. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, we'll about, oh, so anyway, but he's afraid to watch the movie. Sure. He's afraid. He just he doesn't know why exactly. He's seen the trailers. I've shown him like little pieces and stuff. Uh, but he's just terrified that there is some there might be something too scary for him in it. And that and so it's a it's a deal breaker. My daughter, who is three, is totally down. And she was also subject to the same stories, and she is completely obsessed with uh, Princess Leia, and she's completely obsessed with Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and Darth Vader and Stormtroopers. She's Mm -hmm. really excited about Stormtroopers. Uh, Again, this is all based on my telling of the story of the movie and, you know, just some understanding of some of the imagery. And that's all she knows. But so today she and I were sitting at the dinner table and we had this very lengthy conversation about, you know, how she would interact with stormtroopers, you know, and, and how she would become one one day. Uh, and uh, she's she wants to watch the movie with me now. So I always kind of had this thought that like, oh, I can't wait for the day I get to sit and watch uh, Star Wars for the first time, show it to my son for the first time. It's going to be so great to kind of share that with him, have him experience it for the first time. He wants nothing to do with it. And there, I think there's something kind of. Uh, I don't know. There, there's some liberal cred and some kind of interesting little twist of fate that it's it's my three year old daughter who's going to be the one to experience it before my son does, and she yeah. is like so so excited about it. Um, I don't know that I will show it to her at three years old, but um, I'll, that probably wouldn't matter. It probably just go right over her head. But uh, just go to the Mos Eisley Cantina sequence and just sort of replay the the getting the limb lopped off over and over. Right. That's cool. That's cool. That's <laughs> Wait, that's in that. that's not in that one though. That's in uh, Empire, right? No, no, the most likely cantina on Tatooine is in the first one. Oh, 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 that one. Right, right, right. Sorry, mm. I thought you meant Luke's. Uh, oh, the hand, the hand coming off. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, um, was, no. I'll just distract uh, her very quickly at that point. And, uh, yeah. Well, I maybe may, hand may, may or may not see Han shoot Greedo. I don't know. But. Um, yeah, see, I don't actually, I don't know. I've thought about that, like, you know, because I'm a geek or whatever. And, and, and so you think about that as far as, like, Galen. And, and I don't know that I feel, and maybe I'm just right now reacting to being so done with The Force Awakens. Sure, which, as, sure. of course, as we're recording it, recording this, it's five days away from its when it's going to be released. And it's just, it's so inundated, or we are so inundated with the ads for this. This thing yeah. has probably already made half a billion goddamn dollars just on the tie-ins like yeah. no one needs literally no one could see this movie and like yeah this is a super big success right uh, yeah it's fine and well i mean i'm um, sure the pre-sale of tickets is also more than enough oh no to- it's oh, yeah it's already pretty good um but then i feel like that's going to negate that's that's not going to negate the opening weekend but it, it can only supplement it so much mm-hmm. right like you're just knowing ahead of time that there's going to be this this you know some of the demand but then those people have bought the tickets yeah right so it's like it, it's not going to change how many people are in the seats the day of, but it's going to, I guess, technically reduce the number of tickets that are bought on the day because many of them will have been sold out or whatever. Right. But like we're at the grocery store today and there's just like, you know, like they have like little, um, I assume in America they have it uh, as well, but you know, you have like the cell phone kiosks kind of in the back of the grocery store kind of thing, right? Uh, uh, cell phone kiosk, like folks selling the like, phones? Yeah, like like you have like a little mini like phone. We have that in malls, but not, I haven't seen that in a grocery. Really? store Really? Okay, we have it like in all the grocery stores. We have it where it's like it's beside the little mini liquor store, and it's I can like only a speak little, to like, my very small portion of the country. However, what's going on Fair in enough. Alabama? I don't know. Lots of cousin fucking. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably. Um, but aside from that, hopefully, you know, not worried about phones. I don't right. know. It's the last um, thing on their mind. Anyway, but if you went into a phone store, I'm sure it's the same thing. Where they just have like. 
you know, there there's a phone on the billboard, yeah. like saying, you know, get this phone, and there's a picture of one of the kids, like there's a screenshot, yeah, from the movie, and it's like, a that's a weird tie-in. Uh-huh, those two have <laughs> nothing to do with each it's other. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna buy this phone because it's not a droid. Where at least that would have been a reasonable that thing. Made sense. And, and Google actually licensed the term droid from Lucasfilm uh, um, completely unnecessarily because you know they didn't own the term, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh God, I'm so tired of the thing and, and that probably is influencing it, but I, I don't know that I care. Like there's like neat movies that, that I've seen that I wouldn't have seen because of him that are more exciting to me. Mm. Like I, I, I had heard good things about uh, cloudy with a chance of meat. Right, right, right. Have you seen that? Have yeah. Seen that yeah. Movie? It's very funny. It's, it's great. And, it, and, it, and I watched the second one first just because of the second Netflix one sequence. Not, yeah. Hmm? The second one is not that great. I see. I thought it was phenomenal and just the creativity of it. And Galen didn't care because he's no, no, no. like one and a half at the time or whatever. But there's all these things that are like, okay, I'm not going to watch these without Galen, uh, you know, because right. I'm not, I'm not going to have cause to watch them. And and I specifically thought the the both of those movies were just really like visually nice and, and funny, but also just like the creativity of it was just pretty yeah. mind blowing. Um, and, and so that's more interesting to me. I mean, I might feel I might feel different if. You know, in a few weeks, if we manage to go to the movies. Yeah. Well, that's movie a good attitude. Before. You know, like, uh, Toby loves the um, How to Train Your Dragon movie. Um, yeah. He won't watch number two. He watched it once with me, um, and he finds it too scary because apparently everything. Uh, I'm not going to fault him for finding everything too scary. I find everything too scary. So he comes by that honestly. But uh, Has um, has Toby seen any of, like, the animated Star Wars? No. No. Okay. Because there's, like, several seasons of Clone Wars. that start. The first season starts off, it's pretty... It's pretty ludicrously kid-friendly and it becomes a little more adult sort of harry potter-ish okay kind of progression of, of the six seasons really good show actually oh yeah like it starts out like a kid show and it, it's 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 very good it actually like any of the it's weird because the anakin skywalker in that is the hero that obi-wan speaks of in a new hope but is not the it does not feel at all like the the anakin from the live action movies mm. it's it's weird like i wanted them to like redo Revenge of the Sith in the show before it got canceled, which they were never going to do because that would be silly. But right. just because it's like the, the characters don't match. But there's the new one that's ongoing now called Rebels, right? And that's set um, between it's before A New Hope, um, and it features you know kind of a Luke Skywalker kind of kid named Ezra, um, and uh, it's good and it, it uses a lot more of the Ralph McQuarrie concept art, a little more faithful uh-huh. to that than the movie were the live action movies were, and it's good. It's 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 good. It feels very Star Warsy. Okay. And it's 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 very kids friendly. It's a cartoon show. Well, that might be way to ease now. him in. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it's you know, but yeah, it's, but it's, cool, it's guess, an interesting but. thing. This whole uh, concept of wanting to kind of usher my child into the things that I'm into, right? And, I, and in a way, it's mm-hmm. sort of a selfish thing. It's like I I now want to pass on my love of this particular franchise or whatever uh, to you, yeah. you know. But because I but I do think you know there's a lot of fun to be had out of. You know the the opening fanfare of the whole thing. You know of the of the Star Wars theme and how just that's kind of a a moving kind of uh, cinematic experience. Just just the beginning of Star Wars is is kind of an exciting thing. And uh, oh yeah, no no. I mean, look, they're dumb. Mm-hmm. All six. Of oh them yeah, are dumb movies. Quite. They're bad movies in a lot of in a lot of uh, objective. No respect. argument. But I love them. Yeah, I, I do. I just I am. Um, but then the second part of that is like, but I, I'm, I'm okay with pointing out the flaws in them. Mm-hmm. That seems to earn the ire of a lot of people. That's nah, silly. Um, well, let me ask you a question. So picture in your head the Star Wars theme song, uh-huh. right? Now picture the Superman theme song. Yep. Is it the same theme song in your head? 
uh, well, now I am having trouble. I've always had this trouble, though. <laughs> I mean, this is not the first time that I've had this. No, no, mix no. Up I mean, they're head. very similar. And yeah. and um, he um, dude was uh, John Williams was hired to do the Superman because he did you know basically like do what he did for Star yeah. Wars. But they're so similar that if I think of one and I try to think of the other, I'm like, I like, oh no, wait, no, let me hum the other one. It's like, then I just hum yeah, the first tough. one again. But now that yeah. I, okay, I've got Superman in my head now, and I'm like, that's a good fucking theme. That's also it's also a really good theme. I know it's very similar it's, in, in know, feel, but it's a very evocative and good theme. It's it's interesting that it's well now see I don't know that it's good. It's basically like he does stuff that's like. Um, that's classic and, and stuff, but it's so simple. And everyone's like, oh my God, it's so great. It's so like iconic or whatever. But I think that the strength of it is in terms of like, a, I guess an earworm, as people would say, is it's about four notes repeated for an hour and a half. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's just it's over and over and over and over and over again. And there were complaints when Man of Steel came out. They were like, well, the music isn't as good. It's like, well, actually, the music is a lot more varied in Man of Steel. And I actually prefer the Man of Steel music as a, as a peak of score because it, it, it's like the, the, you know, the ba 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 bum. I don't remember bum. anything was, about the Man of Steel's music. Well, see, but it's, it's, it's fine. But in the moment, it's like it's this kind of tribal kind of like it fits mm-hmm. the kind of the power. It's like bum, 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 bum. No, I bum, like the bum, iconic bum, theme. Bum. I do. I got to tell you. No, no, I know. But, but, but you would you have had you not seen it? When you were like, oh, that's know, a good question. Well, I can't obviously. I can't answer that. I don't. No, no, I know. But for example, uh, the uh, the very simple theme to the Avengers movies, um, which off the top of my head, as I'm talking to you now, I don't think. Oh I'm yeah, pop, yeah, it's a similar. Oh yeah, ba 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 ba. Right. Yeah. I find that really strong, you know, because it is so simple, but still has a hook mm. to it that kind of grabs you in the oh, guts. Oh, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting Don Williams is doing bad stuff. It's no. just not, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as people are saying it is. I don't even think John Williams would probably be like, yeah, this is amazing stuff, yeah. because he's just doing this kind of the same thing over and over again for like 20 years. Right. I mean, you get to Indiana Jones. If you, have you ever listened to the whole Indiana Jones theme song, which, by the way, I adore, of his music, no. that is not like, uh, catch me if you can, um, I, I that's my favorite. I think. Oh, see, I was never an Indiana just, Jones fan. I've I've seen like really? the first movie maybe once or twice really? ever in my life, and oh, that's as far as I think I ever got. Get off my show! <laughs> that's so weird. Um, but but if you listen to it, it's it's like there's the first couple minutes of it, and it just has you know the bum 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 bum, but then it it turns into basically uh, what feels exactly like like college football music. Wow. And if you if you listen to it, and and I mean you you know the theme song enough, right? Like you exist in the yeah, world, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you know, but the second half is just like okay, and I, I and and the other ones are kind of they just kind of well they gotta I gotta, I gotta go for twenty minutes, <laughs> so it's like gotta do something, and then it comes back to the ba 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 ba, and then it goes to more like you know marching band music and then ba 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 ba. But have you seen Catch Me If You Can? No. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, vaguely, it's uh, it's um, DiCaprio, about, Tom yeah, Hanks movie yeah. about a guy who. Um, Kited checks and then eventually ended up working. Oh for the wait a minute! No, I did see that movie. Yeah, I it was a great that. movie. It was a great. It was it was a perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. Not my favorite movie, but a perfect movie, right? Um, I don't remember but, that. But, obviously, I don't remember that much about it because I couldn't even remember I had seen it. But I do yeah. remember enjoying it a great deal. But but the the, the theme was like the boodoo. Kind of like that kind of thing when it was John Williams did the score, and you would never know that John Williams did the score if you didn't see his name on the thing. But it was the music that he was doing before he did like the big band thing for George Lucas, and his career got entirely redirected. Mm. (laughs) Um, 
did we say it was 23 we said we you know i think for the first time we got mid we got uh sidetracked in our intro yeah yeah i think if yeah. you say it's 23 you'll set it for the third it's, time it's, i know 23 23 23 um it's 23 i'm brian this is paul Hi. with me we're recording on the on the wrong night because Paul's throat is all sick. Or I couldn't believe last night. I could not have spoken. I, I had to. I did some reading, you know, bedtime reading for my kids, and that was like under great duress, and it was, and I could not speak anymore. <laughs> Daddy, why is everybody Gollum? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> but my son has been very understanding about it. Don't, Daddy. It's all right. I understand. That's you're sick. because he's scared. He's just scared. He's like, it's okay, Daddy. Just, <laughs> just. I'll back Don't away. let I'll the be beast good. come out, Daddy. <laughs> I'll be good. Tell the beast I'm good. Um, beast knows you're sounds... lying. <laughs> uh, Dark. Yeah, uh, supposedly Cruz is in the lead uh, for the Iowa caucus. Yeah, in two polls right now, now, he's been in the lead. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, he's he's exactly what the Iowa Republican voter is supposed to be into. So the idea that he's the one that they're beginning to coalesce around doesn't surprise me. I don't think it even speaks to a weakness in Trump per se as uh, a potential nominee. Iowa always goes for whoever they feel like is the most evangelically uh, Christian-y candidate. And that is not Trump. Uh, mm. Trump is definitely going to appeal to the New Hampshireites. And I don't know, you know, uh, Past that, it's hard to say. I'm sure he'll probably win Nevada as well. Uh, but Ted Cruz is the Mike Huckabee, Pat Robertson type that is going to win Iowa, and that's just that's just kind of how that always shakes out. I yeah I well, well I did I sent you a link a while ago. Um, it was something you could easily have seen because you're, you know, you're politically in the know or whatever. But it was something about how everyone hates Cruz. Yeah. Even people in his own party. Yeah, they do. And it's like, why is anyone, I don't know, that makes you kind of wonder what the hell's going on at any level. But the thing I liked was his roommate in college said that he hated him, absolutely hated him. He would pick anyone else in the world to be the president. And 99, he doesn't like agree with his policies, but 99% of the reason why he doesn't like him is just because it doesn't want to be president. He just thinks he's a terror. Like he just hates him as a person. Yeah. So even if he agreed with all his politics, it would only make him like him one percent more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, just just watch the way he he speaks. And if you don't oh, agree with what dick. he's saying, and you can kind of just look at the technique, it's it's this uh, self obsessed. Not maybe not self obsessed, but. Uh, messianic kind of quality where like the implication is that he has been touched with a special kind of wisdom and and a kind of knowing uh what's the way it, what, i don't know how to put it he he know in a way he he talks smarmy. as though He's smarmy he, he knows, and I'm putting no knows in, in air quotes. He knows that he's really hot shit. Like that he's he yeah. he believes himself to be extremely charming, and so it works because people who want to hear what he has to say will find that extremely charming. So he he thinks of himself as extremely dashing and interesting to look at and watch. And, and uh, he's definitely a performer. You know, he is a performer. Um, he is definitely not a. Uh, governor small g governor you know he is not someone who is in politics in order to you know uh you know tur turn the various knobs and things required to make government work you know he's not there to to run things he is there to ascend you know he is there to take power and, and come to the next level he I, I don't think government is at all 
in in something he's interested in. Yeah, you think he looks all awesome when I think in reality he looks like I want to say an anus that's allergic to sunlight. <laughs> and, you know. Uh, well, you and I can see the anus, right? The, yeah, uh, it's, it's squinting. And I, I was trying to think of the phrasing of a joke where it's like, I'm never quite, I don't know if like at the beginning of the day, if he just like, you know, today am I going to wear, am I going to wear pants on the bottom or the top? Like as if he's going to go, go ass out or face out for the day. And I can't think of a good phrasing yeah. for that joke. Well, whenever, whenever there's a debate. And I and this is my well, I always come back to this is that I'm always tweeting that like where's the smolder where's the smolder because he'll mm. begin speaking with like this kind of pent up almost George W Bushish kind of squinty face where it looks like what he's trying to do is smolder at the camera like come on come on ladies and gentlemen look at me look at me you know yeah. and uh, I th- it must work it absolutely must work because there are conservatives swooning over this guy and have been for for years now uh, so anyway this is all to say that I'm not surprised that he is where he is in Iowa that makes perfect sense to me um, and I think it's entirely possible that he's a viable nominee yeah. uh, but his his current position doesn't surprise me if anything I'm surprised he didn't ra- rise uh, sooner I'm, you know, I, I would be genuinely scared if he gets in somehow, um, like, you know, as president. Yeah. Compared to be like, more I scared mean, of him than Trump. Oh, I would, because Trump would be like, he'd get to the point where he'd come in and he's like, okay, let everybody, let's do all that horrible stuff I suggested. And be like, no, you, you, you legally can't do that. And he's like, oh, am I still president though? I'm like, yes. It's like, ah, fuck it. Right. Okay. Move on next. <laughs> like, I'm still the fucking president. Yeah. What's like, the next, what's thing, the next I can thing? thing I don't know. Yeah. That's why I was less scared of Mitt Romney than a lot of other folks might have been you know obviously mm-hmm. I didn't want to become president but I just felt like he would get in and he would just be more or less a technocrat you know be like can I get away with this no let's see what we can get away with I'll work with this guy and I'll see if I can get this I wouldn't like anything he was trying to do but it wouldn't be like I'm going to try to Christianize America or something like that like Ted Cruz is going to go in there as some sort of messiah figure as the anti-science head of one of your science um, commissions or something right isn't that what he is uh, is he the is he the chair? Yeah, he's I know like in the, the house there's the a guy who's like or nutball. Like Lamar Smith is the the house science uh, committee chairman. And he's, he's like, the, but isn't he like the head of? I'm pretty sure Cruz is like the head of some science committee who uh, does not believe in, in climate change. At our fingertips. I can't. Um, hold on, let's find out. Hold on, science committee. Let's see. There's a science Ted committee. Cruz Senate um, committee. He's in, he tra- he's in charge of NASA or something. Uh, like, it's some ludicrous... Oh, I think you might be right about that. Let's see. He's on... I think so. He's a science, space science and competitive chairman, competitiveness chairman. Uh, space science? Is that what you said? Something like that. Oh, there he's, it is. Yep. Oh, he science, is the chairman. Yeah. Oh, wow. Of the yep. subcommittee for space science and competitiveness. Yep. Whatever the hell that means. Nothing so it's like it means it, space shuttles and winning volleyball tournaments. He's an anti. He's a person who doesn't seem to believe in the existence of science. <laughs> in charge of the committee, I guess to just that'd be like putting me in charge of Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Like you know the Santa Claus exploration committee. It's like all right, committee's over. Yeah. Senator Paul Done. Fidalgo is the chairman of the uh, Senate Sports Committee. <laughs> it's like put, let's put the two of us in charge of Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so I fear him more than you fear Donald Trump. I, yeah, Donald no, Trump I, will I just would. be in there. He'll want to get shit, some shit done, not get some shit done, stroke his ego. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it'll oh, be yeah, good. He would, he would get in and then he would be like, look, all right, I know I said I was going to do the Muslim stuff, but it turns out I scared them just by talking about it. I didn't even need to do it. 
and then he'd be done. I'm, yeah, I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. He'd take credit for it. I'm really he, he, sorry. He wouldn't be that. like, yeah, he wouldn't be like, he's like, I had to speak tough like that in order for them to respect me, which they do, and America's great. And he would just take credit for nothingness because he takes credit for his business acumen, even right. though he, as I understand it, would have made more money had he literally done nothing that. with the money I his father gave him too. and just put it in a bank account. <laughs> That's that is his goal. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, so I'm terrified um, of a, a Ted Cruz presidency. That that actually scares the living bejesus out of me, and I think people should be way more scared of that happening than they should be of a Trump presidency. That said, or Trump presidency, a Carson presidency. I feel like Carson would get. He'd be in there for a couple of weeks. People would understand the weirdness, like the actual mental issues he's having. Yeah. And then the VP would have to take over. Yeah, I would think that that like it would have to be this thing where they kind of shuffle Carson away, you know, uh, where he's yeah. president in name only. Yeah. Sort of like Reagan in the later years, you know. Did you get LeVar Burton out to pretend <laughs> that he's Brian Carson for a couple of weeks? <laughs> And then he was like, "Why did it, I mean Ben Carson's a lot, he's squinting a lot less, and for some reason he's ending all of his speeches with, but you don't have to take my word for it, which is way more charming than the weird wackadoo stuff, but it doesn't quite feel like Carson. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's the movie Dave. I believe they did the Kevin Klein did a movie Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. It's all, but that like I said, Dave. also known as the Reagan administration in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Except for nobody posed as Reagan, I guess, but they, you know. I'm yeah, sure there's a lot of covering Carly, for the man. It, whereas if Carly Fiorina somehow managed to defy math and got in, then everyone would be uh, trying to reassemble the Dark Crystal. Um, <laughs> Skeksy reference, everybody. Skeksis. Yeah, uh, is that sexist if we if we compare her to a Skeksy? It wasn't because no, it's not because she's a woman. And also, the Skeksis are both male and female. Sure, sure. But I mean, like, about, there was like, like I have this kind of liberal knee jerk now, where I'm like, is that joke I just made about a female oh. human being a sexist thing? <laughs> no, I actually did I, just thought, do I did think about that for a second because uh, Paul is and I referring to there's a link of, of uh, to a video where she was being interviewed by I want to say Chris Cuomo uh, or Charles Cuomo, Chris or something. Cuomo, yeah. He seemed like a. Uh, I've seen a couple of his interviews with people. I sort of appreciate. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's he's, he's not taking any guff um, about the Planned Parenthood stuff. Uh, about the Planned Parenthood stuff and, and sort of uh, taking her to task for whether you know whether her incendiary language. And I just say not in any kind of like hardball way. He's just going no. Uh, so you've said some things about these Planned Parenthood videos, and uh, those things were not true. So do you think that this guy and was influenced by that? People are dead. <laughs> well, yeah, but dead. I mean, like it was just very. It was very flat. Matter of fact, it wasn't like, hey, Carly Fiorina, you've been selling us bullshit. It's a uh, so we know that these things that you've said are not actually true. So do you feel like that's a problem? You know, it was delivered more in that and kind of way. She got so oh, weird. Not angry. have it, yeah. Like immediately angry, and he's just—I loved his. The, most of the time, I was watching his face, yeah. and she would just say like, "Is this?" And he just would give it like a "What the fuck?" Yeah, kind of look. Like, <laughs> oh, oh what the fuck, indeed, Miss Friorina yeah. would be his face. Yeah, she's yeah. she's awful. She is just an awful, awful person. And so it was the anger that was making me think of Skeksis. Yeah. Now, granted, she looks, she does look kind of emaciated right yeah, now. Yes, she does. Um, but I was specifically referring to the sort of like, oh, you're, you're you know, kind of, kind yeah, of, no, but I agree. Yeah. But not, the sort of there's anger. something, I think <sighs> there is something There's something very her. off-putting <laughs> about her. I think it's because she's basing, she's based for one thing, she's basing her campaign right now off of righteous anger. And that's not always been her personality. Like in previous Senate in her, in her Senate race mm-hmm. and when she was a, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, I can't think. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your previous thing was her personality was failing at running HP. What? No, but um, there was a uh, <laughs> the word I'm looking for uh, surrogate. She was a campaign surrogate for uh, the McCain campaign for a while. And her personality in those races, I think, was much more, uh, I am the happy warrior, I'm mm. a positive uh, female Republican, and, uh, you know, I, I can appeal to Democratic women uh, by dint of my um, glowing personality and my, you know, uh, practical, real-world experience. You know, there was much more of that kind of an attitude versus the, uh, I am going to save the world from the baby killers uh you know uh, yeah and very much a, if you if you ask a question about whether her saying these people are murdering babies and then someone murders them do you feel that you have any connection to that and then like this is all left wing almost conspiracy right. and also why are you why aren't you holding obama to task for something it's like well I, i'm i'm talking to you <laughs> yeah. stupid yeah so she's <laughs> like she's really gone off on like some weird kind of angry mean deep end yeah like I, the, the what else she gonna it, do yeah. you know but well that seems pretty consistent with a lot of the geo, like the other candidates exactly in, in, this, right in this field yeah. right now that's the thing to do the thing about carly fiorina that really just boggles my mind the fact that she got into the race at all was just like well you ran hp and you failed and got fired uh then you ran for senate and you failed and then you were a campaign surrogate for mccain and they they uh, uh they grounded her they like they they put her away after she made a bunch of dumb remarks about mccain and and put so she failed at that too so she failed at even just just speaking in favor of someone she failed at that and so somehow she's supposed to be a president it would be great if near the end of that little interview if Chris Cuomo was like, oh, let's change gears for a second. Why are you still in the race? <laughs> Why did you get in it to <laughs> like, begin with? Why are you wasting people's money? <laughs> and our time. And again, I feel like it's always needs, this always bears saying. The reason these people get in the race, whether they're going to win or not, is because it raises their profile. They can sell more books and, and charge it's more true. for, speak, for speeches true. and things. So it doesn't surprise it me at well. all that people who cannot possibly fathom winning would actually mm -hmm. go yeah, and run. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. understand that. But she does seem to think that she ought to be president, which it just yeah. tells you everything you need to know. I don't know. She just seems like a weird, mean person. All um, right, we just stuck at the Carly Fiorina. So the other day I always had this sort of thought, like, because there's the, you know, you're aware of Fermi's paradox. I, I yeah, uh, yes, but you should explain it for our, yes, I, well, our, to. Uh, our very informed listeners who just you, might you could have also refresher. responded with, uh, I don't know, tell me about that Fermi's paradox. Um, Oh, it's it's basically this sort of I'm not going to give I don't have like the technical like the exact I'm mean, paraphrase please but it's this sort of paradox that like why don't we see any other aliens or see any aliens in the universe right. like, the so universe big, is so you know, old and there's so many it's so planets. old and so big yeah. and everything and so why don't we see any and it, as time goes on um, and and semi-informed science blogs continue to post things saying oh we can know that there's no one here um, like why well, you know why why don't we see any right. And and the other part of that, because I did some quick reading up on it beforehand, which which made which I thought was an interesting point, is why why hasn't there been a civilization already dominating the entire galaxy? There's been yes. billions With of like years to do this or something like that. Yes, yes. Where are you and, guys? And in, there, there are, are so many potential uh, resolutions to this. Sure. One is we just may be the first. Right. Um, that's one. Um, it may be that the other ones could have they could have lived a million years. Were billionaires and just have died, mm -hmm. and just before they happened to get to us, they they um, could be so advanced that we would not be able to, we would we not recognize, recognize them as a civilization. Yeah, they're, they're hiding themselves. They could be hiding us. Mm -hmm. 
that could be putting us in essentially like um, a nature preserve, then we would not in, in a way that we wouldn't know. There's a whole lot of a whole host of things, um, or uh, or I guess we we do find out, but then they come and murder us, right? Probably right. conspiracy theorists would think. It. But then, but also, they, if or if if there just happens to be something, um, say like an alien race will go around. I think some books have dealt you know dove into the the possibility like as a fictional possibility yep. um, that like. There's something that goes and kills everyone, like something that goes around killing them. But then also this, like stuff happens, like you know, um, asteroids happen frequently enough in all planets that you know, or or that we sort of like we get advanced enough that we basically nuke ourselves and we die, and that's just one of those one of those hard things. And so the other day I wondered um, if the internet, possibly specifically Facebook, well, let's say the internet as a system, is the solution to the Fermi's paradox. Explain this. And well, and specifically, because because we're safer than we've ever been, we're better off than we've ever been. I mean, obviously, there are people who are, you know, very poorly. Shit uh, still off, sucks for lots are, of know, folks. Yeah, yeah, it's just still sucks for lots of folks. But the average is is always getting better. The crime is always going lower. I think I think we had one year, maybe last year, the year before. This is the first time in a very long time that it actually wasn't lower crime. It was it was a little bit of a an uptick, but it's still like in line with the trend line. Um, but at the same time, and we, we, we always, every generation thinks we're the worst generation. Um, and we have the worst manners and everything's going to shit and we're all going to die. And you get big arguments with people about that when you say like, oh, everything's so horrible. And they're like, actually, no, it's always better. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> and I get into those arguments all the time. I'm like, no, it's just like Stephen Pinker. Right. It's really excellent book about the, the better angels of our nature. And just showing the, the math. And, and it feels like it because you watch the news and everything. But so we have the internet that serves all of this stuff. And then we have this sort of echo chamber of everyone's so goddamn sure. And they're using, um, they're using that, the, 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 assure, the surety to, to further whatever end. And, and like that's you know, such a major um, thrust of like the Christians trying to run uh, America right now. Uh-huh. Is that that everything's horrible and the persecution? Everyone's going to get us and all these things, but at the same time, we 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 can then sort of highlight that on Facebook. And if you do, you, depending on who you follow, you know you, everything is shit or everything's amazing. Um, and then on top of that, like there's probably not the big threat to having like Russia, despite posturing from Putin. Um, there's probably not going to be like a war like that for a while right. that has happened in the last couple of centuries because we're kind of like well. We can do these smaller wars. It doesn't really, you know, we know how to better do that kind of stuff. But then the concern is like the dirty bomb. Sure. Right? So you have the technology that increases with the sort of paranoia bred, falsely bred by like the internet. And so, you know, you have this like crazy hyper alertness to the most minute infraction paired with like the occasional crazy person who just, you know, as we get technology, like, I guess it's not, it's not like a huge innovation in terms of a theory, but just more like a, like, you know, if we get the tech to kill ourselves and then why does that happen? It's like, well, because some, some person thinks that the babies are being murdered. So he gets a nuke yeah. or he gets, uh, you know, drones or something like that. But that, you know, the, the, the sort of echo chamber of the Internet, this sort of everything is great except the stuff that's bad gets worse. Uh-huh. As it like the sort of um, the Danny DeVito to the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> of twins. Um do you, do you get that yes. reference? Yes. Keep, okay. keep up with the twins references. I like those. Those, <laughs> are, really, those are very meaningful yeah, yeah. to me. Um, yeah, he's the leftovers, the remainder right. in the equation. Um, but the remainder feels more isolated and has access to bigger weapons. In the sense that, like, you know, the, a lot of the shooters are the sort of disenfranchised white guys. 
um, who have nowhere to be radicalized except to like, well, I guess the radicalization is what they do. Uh, they go and shoot people, but um, they don't have the same groups to go to. But anyway, so this is kind of a, you know, it's, it was one of those things when I said it, it sounded very profound. And then it's like, eh, it's not that big of a but thing. I, I don't, but I don't, I still don't quite get how it's the solution to the Fermi's paradox, though. Well, the answer is why why we don't see the aliens is that, that we get, you know, you get technologically advanced to go out in the stars, but that means things are prosperous enough that you can basically sit around and imagine how not prosperous they are. Okay, so this so is what's happening like a, from, to uh, the other civilizations. Elsewhere, elsewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like, yeah, us being the only proxy we have for, for life elsewhere in the universe. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So they're all so like on the, uh, what is it? Um, the the Wally ship. What's the big ship in Wally? Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so yeah. it's all the people in their little pods, you know, with their little screens and their and their shakes and uh, and everything has never been better. But they're like, ah, oh, I have to kill people. Yeah, yeah. Except and, there's, and, yeah, they're also angry at the same time. Yeah. Um. That, well, that's an interesting saying. thought. Um. Because. Yeah. yeah be, the idea that a civilization doesn't doesn't desire further domination, you know, doesn't mm. doesn't want necessarily to continue to spread out because it's sated by uh whatever it's managed to do locally um so i i might i might buy that except that i i don't know about the desires for empire who mm. by whomever is running that particular civilization you know so if they have an equivalent to the internet there are still folks who are pulling the levers who yeah, sure. might want like I'm I'd, I you know the the guys over on planet B I'd like to go have that one too and so let's go get that um, but um, I don't know I I, I would get I, I feel like a, as much as one could guarantee in a scenario where you have literally no idea but the person that you're guaranteeing anything mm-hmm. about um, I would pretty well feel like I could guarantee that when if if and when we eventually make and we talked about this before if and when we make first contact the aliens are going to try to sell something to us. <laughs> No, it's just it's like because you're like they're going to expand. It's like yeah, it's going to be business interests. Uh-huh. You know, and they might they might overrun people, but at the same time, we already know that it would be better. And fucking Alexander the Great knew this. Yeah. Like when he took over cities, he didn't he didn't destroy them. He just took it over enough to be like, okay, I'm in, I own you, but you still run yourself, right. right? And so it's like we know these things. We understand game theory. The idea that these aliens would have that are meant to be technologically so superior to us would in Stephen Hawking's estimation not remember about germs or shit it seems a little bizarre to me yeah. so it's like well they, they presumably they would have as much or more knowledge in, in this avenue as we would have and and so they're like okay well they'd come to us like well we could conquer you or we could just basically hire you yeah to do stuff for us I mean we will threaten to murder you if you don't do it so I was gonna say of, like why would like, you need to you go maybe the, don't, can't say no route? couldn't you go instead through like a, just a straight up conscription route I mean I don't like, know mobsters do the business route I mean it's still it's like I want to sell this and if we say no then we're like well okay but if you don't maybe something bad will happen to your your moon or something but well um, yeah that's uh, but the, I, the mobsters that's like an interesting um. That's an interesting analogy, but I think the difference is that the mobsters don't have the resources to, like, if things aren't going the way they want them to, to completely uh, take over uh, a state or a city or whatever. Unless you're you know? somewhere in Italy. Right, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, they, they, they couldn't, like, become the government or, uh, you know, take no, over or, or, or they couldn't combat, like, the National Guard or the military, right? They they Their power is limited to, like, local pockets and cells and things, uh, whereas yeah. – presumably an alien intelligence that came down here would not have to choose to kind of work in the shadows and 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 um, go through some kind of transactional thing they could just say you will all now do this look at the giant gun pointed at your planet you know what i mean 
That's true, but but they would also have a knowledge. Like, look, Apple doesn't. Apple's selling to China a lot more, and they're, India, I think, is the next big market after China's sated or whatever. Because you always hear people talking about which which new market, right? And they're going to run out. And so Apple's going. If Apple finds out, oh my God, there are people on this other planet, <laughs> they'd buy iPhones. We could manufacture them there. We wouldn't have to worry about running out of materials here. You know, and, and, and they could just go do that. But but even within Earth, they'd be like, I want to sell to India. Should we take them over? No, no, we can just get uh, stuff from them that, okay, they want, so then, that we want from them. But in them. your scenario then, we're not talking about like uh, the imperial government of some civilization coming for expansionist reasons you're talking like corporation b from from yeah, sure. from kepler like planet, planet whatever Starbucks or whatever yeah, yeah decide oh that's a much more interesting idea um okay here's the thing i mean who knows I mean, obviously there are enough species there could be a bunch of government ones or could oh, be sure. strictly religious fleets or whatever but it's like okay our governments of the planet um, they are not the ones who are leading the charge into space. You. It is businesses. Yeah. It is Elon Musk. It is the, you know, these other people, like, well, not Elon Musk specifically, but like Planetary Resources, sure. which are led by a bunch of um, billionaires and everything. It's like, oh, they're, you know, altruistic billionaire nerds who want to do stuff. And I mean, whether there's going to be militaristic ones, I mean, the, the people who seem like they would be most likely to actually lead a charge into the, the galaxy to take things over would be, I believe, North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, you ever watch Archer? Uh, I've seen it once or twice. Oh, that's great. There's a joke on there that they refer to North Korea as the nation state equivalent of the short bus. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's like they, they can't they can't do it. I mean, America, like America has you guys made it to the moon 40 years ago. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. We lost interest. Okay. Yeah, you lost like been there, done there. that, moving on. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, who knows, obviously. But I feel like it would be just easier to sell someone something than to take That's them over. Just, like logistically, that would be easier. Right. Unless you build like a bunch of von Neumann probes or, you know, like Greg, uh, Greg Goo scenario. <laughs> but oh, yeah, shy yeah. of like a nanotech thing. Just if you're like, OK, well, we got 50 people. We have tech that they will like. It's like, OK, well, if we need stuff from them, we could just give them some of this tech. Right. And in very controlled ways, because if we give too much, they'll take over right. and they'll attack us. But if we give little bits and sell them, because they would probably have commerce, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I figure, like, people always sort of imagine aliens as being, like, an 18th century version of humanity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, in this kind of, like, they will come and... But it's like, but think of anything humans would do if they get to see aliens. They're going to want, like, some people are going to want to go over and see, like, oh, I'm going to, like, learn something about them. And some of them are like, oh... Well, you got like fucking planet loads worth of rocks and stuff and metals that we can build stuff. It's like, how would we get them? It's like, well, we could just trade. Yeah. But aliens would never do that. They'll murder us and eat us. Right, right. It's like, why wouldn't they also but, but again, trade? But it, it comes down, to, I mean, it, then we're, it comes down to like, what is the more efficient thing? If the more efficient thing That's is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, so if they, they have to be somewhat on par with us in order for that to make sense. But if they are, you know, so different from us, like, I mean, so vastly yeah, superior mean, to us yeah, in resources I mean, and power. Before, but yeah. To, like, to, to barter with us would be a waste of their time when they could just take it, you know? That's true. I mean, yeah. But those species don't. We haven't. Well, if if that's what's coming, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So a while ago, I wrote the thing about the the termites. The politicians are like termites, um, which actually came up the other day in a conversation um, about Trump. But oh, um, right, right, right. The Trump thing. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's do so, this quick, and then so we'll the, be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the note, the note is that people are sort of reacting to Trump like he's bringing something new to the dialogue, right. 
and I actually tend to think that his the end of the thing that he's bringing um, to the presidential debate or presidential race is something that won't be felt until the next one, because he's the person who's saying, "Look, you don't have to treat this like an election." Like everyone's kind of like, you know, everyone but Trump and the GOP side are trying to win an election. Right. Trump is not doing that. He's trying to be popular. Mm. You know, he's not playing the same game. Now, he may not win, yeah. who knows, but, but it's not But it's not the same thing. He's just like, I'm telling you, like, it doesn't even, the politics don't even matter. I'm just saying yeah, shit. I want you to like a, me the most. He's, well, but it's, he's recognizing it's a, like, people are like, it's not a, you know, it's not about who's most popular. It's like, yes, it fucking is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's 100%, it's 100% a popularity contest. He recognizes that. So the next time, like, if, if the Democrats win this time, 2016, every fucking, if we're still doing the show at this point, we'll, we'll call back to this episode. Yeah. Um, every person in the field is going to be Donald Trump because they're going to be like, well, you know, all bets are off. I can do whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're going to, that, that will be how they compete. That will, I think, be the legacy of his political, uh, assuming he doesn't win. Right. Um, well, if he, but if I, I think you're, I think, yes, it will move much more in that direction. I think there will be more candidates who take that lesson. I think the way of things is so entrenched that that you're still going to see primarily the kind of traditional campaign style. I, I, I know, The GP expect, as a whole seems to be getting crazy more extreme every single time because yes. they're feeling more like they're the uh, cultural pressure. Right. Um, so who knows? But I, I feel like that will be that will be the thing. He will be like when Lucas came along and he was like, look at all of the merchandising you can do. For your movies, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Well, I'm not gonna. That's money on the table." Yeah, you know, and so everyone else is doing that. Um, but um, the stuff he's saying, he's just reacting to people. He doesn't. I don't think he has any values no. other than he wants people to just accept. Yeah, him I as find being his stuff about the, his his remarks about you know barring all Muslims and stuff remarkably unupsetting. Not because I agree with it, because I feel like this is just Donald Trump saying shit, and people are he are is. like clutching their pearls, like they can't believe this is coming out of his mouth. For one thing that. You know, I've been writing on and on about this on my blog. There's a couple of posts that are pretty much labeled. Um, uh, they are all Trumps. He, you know, he's not yeah, saying yeah. anything that isn't already on the minds of all these Republican, the, the Republican electorate anyway. Um, and the idea that it's Donald Trump up there saying it makes it even less scary to me. Like, well, you know, if, if buffoon guy he's is saying, saying it, least, yeah. like, well, then it's certainly not going to happen because this asshole is saying it. So for some, to me anyway, my gut reaction is, oh, well. Look, look at the asshole saying the asshole thing. I, I think we can all stop worrying about this ever happening because. Well, the, but the, the alarming thing isn't that he's saying it. The alarming thing, and he's not like, he's not innovating and in saying, okay, he's not the first person to suggest banning no. Muslims. He's not the, per, he's not the person who, who's, who's bringing that to the table. He's just legitimizing in a certain regard. But it's like the termite metaphor. When you, when, when you just, when you open your wall and you find out termites, you react as though now you have termites. Right. But you had them for a while because that's how yeah. they got to be numerous enough to fuck with your wall. So he's he's just he's just regurgitating stuff that a, a, a portion of the country sizable enough to really distress you um, has already been thinking. He, like middle America, Walmart America, whatever, is just going, yep, finally. Like, and people will say that you see him in interviews like he's saying what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. And and the part that is disheartening is not that he's doing that because actually he you know in, in some ways he's being a very good politician in the sense that he's reflecting the wishes of the people he wants to Absolutely. serve. Absolutely. Now his his goals are weird, but but he that that is what a politician ought to be doing. Yeah. And if, if if your constituency says, oh you know actually we want something different, then you should be like, oh all right, I'll advocate for that because 
that's my job. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so people are like freaking out like it's a new thing. But it's like, no, no, you should be freaking out that there are this many people. In a way, I'm glad it's happening board. only because now now some people are very upset that it's happening because it, it because like the word you use, it legitimizes this position. And I, I don't think that it does. Um, but a lot of people are afraid of that. Like now now it's a mainstream opinion. But I feel like it's it's good for the mainstream press and for uh, those who do pay attention to politics to get to kind of shake themselves out of their delusion that there yeah. is a legitimate party in the Republican Party, like one that genuinely wants to govern on some kind of sensible humanitarian principles. Like the idea that everyone is kind of being shaken out of this uh, dream state. I mean, like, oh, my God, the Republican electorate is a bunch of fucking idiot racists and. Uh, we like that's a real political reality that is now just I feel like beginning to dawn on people who really ought to have known better and really ought to have seen this, you know, for years and years now. Yeah. And he's in some ways, um, I, I think he's certainly serving the purpose or serving the function rather that ISIS is serving right now. Mm. And I'm not saying he's a terrorist, no. but in the sense of right now, like in the in the wake of the Paris attacks, there, I mean, every time that happens, there's a little more of a enough is enough kind of yeah. thing. But each time it serves, you get more of the Muslims speaking up and you get more of the people who are pro-Muslim but not Muslims saying, like, let's not judge them. And it, and it, it, it helps to reset where the needle is and say, like, how much is too much? So, so as much as I think his innovation is going to be, as I said, like he's going to be influencing the next political cycle more um, – is, is that he's sort of helping show people how much it, it's like a porn ruling in, in the in, you know in the government. Uh -huh. It was like you know like, it's like you, you know when you see it and you're like whoa 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 okay okay we can we can many of us can get together and recognize that's far enough yeah yeah and, and then and then articulating that has value yes um, and so so he you know there there have been jokes about him being a secret Democrat or him being basically an Andy Kaufman character right, right. or Jeb Bush <laughs> is know, saying out loud. That uh, he thinks that it, that now he now believes that that Donald Trump is a plant by the Democrats and Hillary working with Hillary in order to ensure that she gets elected. <laughs> right, right. And he could be I mean, he, yeah, through his own sort of ineptitude is sort of helping that by saying, like, look, this is this is this is the road down which um, some members of the Republican Party are taking you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's sort of like he's a, a dystopian future now. Um and, and so there's value there, I think. But yeah, like it's not it's not new in any capacity. Actually, this is the sunniest uh, outlook on on this whole thing that I've heard. So I, this is actually quite encouraging. I, I think I you're mean, right. This is not this is through his incompetence essentially, or his he's just he's just such a he's 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 so ravenous that like you, you know you I mean you go out with like your friend and you and you might say something slightly you know your buddies are hanging out or whatever you're at a bar and your restaurant or wherever and then you're all making kind of jokes and then one friend makes like a joke that's a little too far right. and you're like okay there was a line yeah uh -huh. okay <laughs> felt bad like, felt we're gonna bad. dial back now yeah felt bad one time um a number of years ago i was um i was uh i still lived with my aunt when i um just like half a decade ago a decade ago whatever and we were in in i was in uh, my bedroom which was like a sort of kind of it wasn't a, an apartment, but it was a big enough room that it sort of functioned as like on its own apartment, basically. And uh, me and my uh, my brother-in-law were playing like um, a D-Day level from a Call of Duty game. This is like on the computer, so it was a while ago. And we were like, oh my God, this is so great. This is so great. And this is like so authentic because you'd get off the boat. And it was, it was modeled after uh, Saving Private Ryan opening sequence. 
and it was all like crazy and you know frenetic and you had to play it like a dozen times to even get on the beach yeah. and everything and we were like oh my god this is so great and then like a great uncle came in the room because it was like thanksgiving or whatever and he sat down on the chair and he said yes this is what we're doing and we were just like oh my god this is great it's so realistic and he just sat there and he's like i was on juno beach in one of the tanks oh and i was like oh fuck oh i can't play this game anymore ever again <laughs> <laughs> like we just shut up because it was like okay I am so yeah. sorry we are enjoying <laughs> this I am so sorry and he was like he was like oh it looks cool like he was he wasn't offended by uh-huh. it but it was still it was like we were just so embarrassed yeah right I can only imagine the flood of thoughts and regrets <laughs> going through you right yeah. there so Donald Trump is unintentionally um, like that I think or hopefully he'll be like uh-huh. that because I mean the worst case is people going no that's fine yeah, um, enough people yeah. saying because there are people saying that's right, but fine it's no. And, but anybody and, who's and going, no, that's fine. Are no, is they don't surprise me that they're doing that. It's no. so it is good. That, what I think is wrong right now is is some folks in the mainstream press who are, like I said, clutching their pearls and saying, uh, "Oh no, now these positions are being legitimized into the mainstream." And I just want to be like, they were already in the mainstream. They were You're there the whole them. time, dingus. So yeah. yeah, you can pretend that they're not, but they're they're there, and there were. They but they have been pretending. They were, but they. But that's the thing. Yeah. The, the political press. They do pretend. They pretend that the Republican Party is not as you know overtly xenophobic, racist, and anti-intellectual, anti-education as it is. You know, they just pretend that it's not that bad. Uh, in large part because a lot of the folks who control the Republican Party at the top end. I'm speaking in very broad brushes right now. Uh, you know, have got the kind yeah, of plutocrats I, I who most of the conversation, who are more but... about like using the party in a cynical way and and drumming up excitement about things about Christianity and gays and stuff in order to pursue you know whatever helps the one percent and everything like that. You know, that's I'm very broad brushes. So th- when they talk to people like Mitch McConnell, you know, or Paul Ryan, they aren't it, they don't seem as I mean they scare the shit out of me, but they don't seem as scary. They're not representing necessarily. Uh, that underbelly that is that is powering the party that that is the thing that keeps it alive and in those congressional districts that are gerrymandered to be completely invincible all over the country mm-hmm. you know that it's I don't know it's it's very it's we're stuck like this right now we are stuck like this unless the people who do have all that money oh I don't know like maybe maybe like the people who are trying to send us into space uh, decide that they want to take a different tack in order to pursue their goals if the Koch brothers decide they are not comfortable with this anymore uh, that's the only way I think that's going to change it's all on you guys yeah don't fuck it up Hey, I've heard, Brian, that you're uh, almost done with the total first draft of I have Up. No, I have the first draft is done. I'm revising it That's presently. brilliant. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. What Do you have a, do you have a target launch date for this thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It depends how long it takes me to get through the first draft. I'm like about halfway through because I'm not really making many changes because it's all basically dialogue and I write dialogue really fast and I'm, I'm generally, I'm, I'm satisfied with it because I spend, I spend a lot more, the more I write, I spend more time with the structure ahead of time. Um, and there's some stuff where it's like, you know, when he goes to the future to save himself, to help save himself in this sort of climactic battle wherein the dialogue becomes a mirror of the Optimus Prime Megatron battle uh, from the Transformers movie. Uh, here, Barack Obama must be stopped, no matter the cost. Um, so bizarre. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? Um, every, every male our age is going to love it as well. <laughs> well, I, I actually debated. I, I might still do it because he's, he's that scene takes place in a president, the presidential lab, 
that he has in the future because I just think that's a funny idea. So I, I actually may write in that the touch starts playing on the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> because he know because he goes to the future, so the older him knows that he comes to the future. Right. So he's he's aware that he's coming to back himself up, um, so that he would be like, I just you know cued it to start playing because it seemed appropriate. Perfect. Um, and I'm actually describing all the physical actions, like he gets stabbed in the side a bunch. So it's not just the dialogue. I'm actually having the action. Excellent. Be the same. Excellent. Um, although it's a dick shaped sword. Well, of course it is. With actually, because that's Obama, Trump has made his own weaponry and. Part of it involves uh, a sword shaped like his dick and an axe vaguely shaped like a scrotum. Um, <laughs> just because. Just because. Spending a lot of time thinking about uh, genitalia <laughs> as you write this book. Can I book. tell you something? Uh, there is, there's a bit where future Trump and present day Trump, they make out. Right. Uh, right at yeah. the end because. Who else is it going to make out with, right? Who else is worthy? Yeah, he said, I've been waiting. I've been wanting to do this my whole yeah. life. That's what he says. Um, <laughs> You're giving away the whole store here. All the thousands of people well, who listen can, to this. Look, yeah, you can edit that part out, but um, if you want, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the the last the last paragraph or the last sentence is just it's one paragraph. Um, it's I'm Donald Trump. I'm the best, and this perfect, beautiful world is my gift to you, which you don't deserve in any way because you're all assholes. <laughs> And that's, that's the, the end. That's poetry. But, but what was funny is, is, is speaking of like him being all crazy and everything, like in one of my letters from the future, I had a fan writing him and he's like a, you know, like a, a sort of vaguely southerny kind of guy in small towns that actually exist. I looked up the names and looked up the actual population basis who, who takes Trump's, we got to be worried about the Muslims to mean we should run them out of town. Mm-hmm. And he starts going from town to town and, and running them around and it culminates with him going to a mosque and trying to murder everyone. And then the, the end of the letters, he's in he's in hiding, and he's like, "Look, because you told me through the television right. to murder all of these Muslims, please give me a pardon." So it's like it, I, I kept thinking of David Letterman had a stalker like that. Yeah, and so it's that was kind of oh, interesting. But so I was, I, yeah, because she just well, she thought that he was saying he loved her through the, through television. the television, just the just the thing, the interactions on the TV. That was like a you know, um, and so progressively through this letter, he gets crazier. But he's also like, you, you know, when you pardon me, you can come over from my over my house and I'll have a sandwich. So he's just really, really kind of weird. Um, and it's it's funny, and I like it. Um, I should send it to you actually, even though it's like it's not really out of context, just because it's just a letter. But in the bit I wrote a few months ago was just we need to run them out of town was an exaggeration. Uh-huh. So I had to just like tweak it to be like maybe murder them. Right, like, because because the point of that was to be satirically crazy, right. and to be like Trump's never gonna, but he's already suggested more than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the course of the election, that's the problem is that so he keeps like, raising the bar and and I, crosses I to, satirical I, lines. Like, I've already created an elaborate alternate reality where he's a time traveling future savior, of and the it's world. not enough. And it's not enough. <laughs> it's like satire is weirdly difficult, and, and certainly the political satire. Because I do it with Palin when I wrote the Palin yeah. book. It's like I had it had to be this crazy balls out thing because otherwise it's like you're gonna get a third of the way through and, and then she says something it. stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy made hor- like made this horrible joke about her saying that you know rape is is God's way of just helping ugly women have babies. And Maddie got angry at me when I wrote oh, wow. that. Like sometimes I write stuff just would be like I'm kind of shocked that you you seem so nice. How can you write right, this? Right, right. How can that even be in your head? And, yeah. But she got she got actually angry at me for like a couple of days. But then fucking Rick Santorum was like saying that and straight face. The exact same thing. Because yeah. because that's actually a legitimate expl- like yeah. that's a logical extrapolation of their views. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's 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 tricky to um. It's, I don't know. And he's just 
from what I understand, Trump is just he is as he is as yeah. he is. He's not it's not an act. He's just a selfish dude. Exactly. Um, and he's got no more substance. And than you that. will you will uh, exp- you will show us all exactly how it all works in Trumped Up. <laughs> yeah, um, Trumped Up, the incredible true story of how I Donald Trump am already saving the world. I think something that's like the that. Full title, something like that. Donald. By uh, so yeah, Stephen so at a certain Hogg point or something. I don't know. Yeah, but but, right. uh, but it's, yeah, so at some point in the hopefully near future, I'll start mentioning like when I'll try to have it up because I'll put it on like on you know on Amazon for Kindle or whatever. But it's um. I just ran over the, the period where he goes to liberate everyone from the great Mexican rape fields. That chapter that chapter still holds up. Damn it. <laughs> Although I realized in my notes, and actually in one of these chapters, like he prom in the I think in the Rush Limbaugh chapter or whatever, he teases some of the, the book, including um, doing some financial dealings with Ching Chong the Chinaman, who I completely forgot to write. I completely forgot oh to add a Ching Chong the Chinaman I'm still, I'm still hurting over Mexican rape fields. <laughs> Cancun is a front. That's the joke. Is they, is, oh, I, I think just the term Mexican rape fields is the joke. <laughs> um, but it's elaborate. Um, Oof. And and, 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 no, and the guy running it is General Takedo. Oh, God. The bad guy. <laughs> and Maddie's like kind of worried, like, are, are people going to get like really, are they going to offended at you for doing this? Like, is it, you know, like, like, are not going to get people like attacking us? It's like, I I hope not. I think I'm pretty so, No, I'm mocking the Trump. views of another guy. <laughs> so hopefully I'm not. Well, but then again, I mean, it depends if someone just like, you know, you hear that and you're like, you can't make a joke about right. that or whatever. Well, but, like, like, like your thing with Maddie before, it's like, how, how is that even in your head? Right. Like how could yeah. you even have generated that? I, I can, I can do a good job of imagining what other people are going to yeah, be thinking. Yeah, apparently yeah, it's called creativity. Y'all hopefully it will be out before the Iowa caucuses. Uh, when is the Iowa caucuses? Uh, February, uh, February. Oh yeah, yeah. First yeah, week of February. Yeah. I'm, I, I'd like to get. See, because I'm going to do the first. I'm going to do the run through where I'm just fixing some basic inconsistencies and, um, and stuff, and making sure it feels okay. And then I'll do like another version where I just do like a, a line edit, assuming I'm okay with it. It seems fine so far. How could it be wrong? And I, well, but I mean, it's technically wrong. Um, so yeah, so ideally, it would be sometime in January. It would be when I would put it Perfect. out there, and then I have to decide how I'm going to try to actually, excuse me, getting to get people to be aware of it. So this was episode 23 of Thinkery. Um, I was I was Brian. You were I Paul. I was Paul. Where where were people able to find you? Well, it could, if we assume I still exist, uh, if civilization yet remains, yeah, you can you can continue to validate my existence by uh, sending page views over to I Mortal, I. M O R T A L dot C O. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow yeah, down sorry, sorry. Guy. I just I, I got a little <laughs> excited. Um, and I'm on the Twitters at Paul Fidalgo, and uh, that's, that's about it. What about you? Um, well, on Twitter and dot boom d o t b o o m. Occasionally, Moss Puppet. I'm being a lot more sincere on Moss Puppet, which I need to either stop doing at yeah, all you or figure that something. Shit out. But I know, I know, I got to figure that out. Um, but then also, um, uh, on got the trumped up book that I'm sort of revising. That's com. Trumped up book Trumped up book on Twitter, uh, and I I have I believe I like Facebook.com slash trumped up. And people need to um, write to us, send us questions, yes, or, or anger, yes. 
or whatever it is. More than just more than just that one crazy. Person, yeah, you. Please. That's that's what I get at work all the time. Is that kind of exact yeah. kind of stuff all the time. What I okay. What I what I loved about that is because I mean I get to see. I mean like at dinner the other day with like my sister and my brother in law. who's just new brother in law because they got married in Jamaica and we didn't we weren't able to go because you know it's Jamaica and you know, it's been money. But so we were having like just you know meal with them and I get this email. It's like you know the subject line is some weird religious thing. It's like what the f- what the hell is this? And I look at it and it's like so there's like. Thinkery podcast is one of the two because he sent it to like twenty people or something. But he also sent it to like Alex Jones's Infowars <laughs> and to like NWO.org and all these other things. It's like really, we we ran. Yeah, I, like how do we even get in that regular. mix? That's what I want to know. That's the, <laughs> that was the inter- that not list. the content of the email. It's like yeah. why did you even think of us? Like how did that even yeah, happen? Yeah, like how did you, that was a typo. <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> like it was kind of weird. Um, is there any people should write to us? Yes, write to us with anything, really. If you're that guy and you want to send us more, just say, hey, well, how, explain to us how we we're on that yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. Why did you think yeah. of us? We appreciate it. I don't it. remember your name. Honored. I'd have to look it up, but I'm not looking it no, up right now. Uh, um, <laughs> but, or, you know, or, because here's the thing. We kind of have generally contentious topics. Sure. And I sometimes am surprised we don't get more. It literally just people yelling at but, us. But, you know, but people would have to listen first. But, but we, the numbers, well, we get downloads. We do, we do. I don't know. I assume people are listening uh, more than just my. But wife I'm guessing that wife. it's not too many of the people who would be angered, mm, offended, about, or whatever. Yeah, at least yeah. at least on the literalist Christian level, you know. Well, I mean, I feel like there's some other stuff where it's like we we say kind of stuff that's that's contentious enough that people would be like, either, yeah, I really agree with that, sure. or yeah, I really just I don't agree with right. that. But we're um, not hearing from those people. <laughs> or let us know if you're just completely. Meh. We'll take whatever you it's got. Just, We're nah. desperate. Let us know about your own week. More importantly, rate us on iTunes. How about that? Yes, for God's sake. Share God's the sake. episodes on your social networks. Yes. Friendster, and MySpace, FriendFeed. Carrier Pigeon. Orkut. Dickensian Chimney Sweep. Uh, the Net Vines. I'm trying to think of the ones um, that are. Did you say? Did we already say GeoCities? No, GeoCities, please put it on your GeoCities site. Prodigy. I love Prodigy. Um, I miss that. Morse code. Times. When I said Morse code, I just did the thing with my fingers. <laughs> it's like tap, tap, tap with my fingers. That wasn't actually like I wasn't typing out thinkrepodcast at gmail.com in Morse code. Right. Uh, fax us. We don't have the fax the number. The point being is, think um, of someone other than yourself for once. God, think sake. of us. Yeah, you. You, you, you. <laughs> egotistical fucks please just think about someone else um selfish yeah as long as that um, other person is me or brian or both of us think about us exclusively or if you also hate donald trump whatever right who cares that's a big demographic just, or if what we said didn't make any sense and you're curious about what the hell we we're on about email us mm-hmm. and we will um we will we get few enough letters we absolutely can make room to answer we'll them. read it like nine times we'll answer yeah. it like three times yeah. yeah that'll be the whole episode we'll like each three topics will each just be different answers to the question <laughs> all right let's try again let's try again <laughs> yeah no, no no that wasn't good that wasn't good um and then in a few days i mean a week from your perspective people peons listening to this in the future uh we will hopefully have leo laporte which would be pretty That'll fantastic be, awesome. be pretty pretty exciting um so that should be a test of our pod track um, subscriber download yes. number. Yes, if nothing thing. else. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's pack it in. Yeah. 
Let's murder this <laughs> let's bastard. Murder this episode. Let's, let's murder this bastard like Carly Fiorina's political chances. <laughs>